Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Go check out reallifepharmacology.com for a free study guide. It's 31 pages. It's a big PDF, uh, free to download simply in email. It's all it's going to cost you. Uh, we'll also get you updates when we've got new podcast episodes available uh, or new content as well. For instance, like my recently released uh, pharmacology crossword puzzle book. So um, with that, yeah, go take advantage of that. Get updates uh, at reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, sign up for the free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is dextromethorphan. Uh, brand name of this medication is Delsum, Robitussin, Another common one I see is Corsidin, and there are definitely other uh, over-the-counter products that dextromethorphan is uh, contained within. Uh, the way I educate patients about this is if you ever see cough and cold or cough on the label, anything associated with that, very commonly, not all the time, but very commonly, it will contain dextromethorphan. So that's such a crucial patient education point. You need to look at the back of the label and see what is in some of these cough and cold preparations because it's not always the same. And depending upon the other drugs and the other conditions a patient has, uh, it can lead to problems. And I've certainly seen that uh, throughout my practice. So broad classification of this medication, it's an antitussive, it you know, helps reduce coughing. And it does that mechanistically by uh, depressing the medullary cough center uh, in the brain. And this is actually through uh, the sigma opioid receptor. So that's a little bit different than the mu opioid receptor. And so that is an important uh, distinction to note there. And it makes sense that dextromethorphan isn't you know nearly as addictive as morphine or oxycodone or codeine or anything like that so um, important distinction on where uh, that uh, dextromethorphan works within the brain compared to uh, traditional opioids there uh, dosing of this medication so uh, there is immediate release formulations there is extended release formulations uh, for adults, typically you're in the range of 10 to 20 milligrams every four hours. Uh, usually it's used on an as-needed basis. Uh, usual max, uh, over-the-counter maximum, is usually 120 milligrams per 24 hours. Now, keep in mind, in younger patients, uh, we're generally going to go lesser maximum amounts there. Uh, and actually, the uh, FDA generally recommends to avoid cough and cold medications in uh, pediatric patients less than two. Uh, so that can kind of be a little bit of a, of a tricky situation. Uh, American Academy of Pediatrics also warns um, really try to avoid these drugs uh, in patients under the age of four. So again, we can I've seen numerous medication errors where, uh, particularly with liquids and things of that nature, where we get the dose wrong. We drop way too much and end up overdosing pediatric patients. So 
really, really important to uh, use these medications judiciously and, and cautiously, uh, and particularly in uh, young patients. There are numerous dosage forms. So I alluded to the fact that uh, we've got some liquid dosage forms. Um, there's also capsule, tablet, strips, lozenge, gel. Uh, most commonly, uh, what I've seen in, in practice is uh, some of the liquids and then um, uh, capsule and tablets as well there. All right, let's get into adverse drug reactions. So whenever I have a drug that generally works on the central nervous system, you can probably anticipate that you know, if we have too high a dose or there may be a slow metabolizer or something of that nature, uh, you can probably anticipate that CNS side effects are possible for some patients. So um, in some cases, it, it may cause uh, some more activation, some anxiety and, and restlessness. It may cause sedation in some patients, uh, may cause a little bit of dizziness. Uh, I would say not incredibly common, usually at the over-the-counter dosages, um, but it is something certainly to be aware of. And then uh, GI upset uh, can happen as well there. Now, a couple things I wanted to touch on with regard to adverse drug reactions. Uh, this is more obviously on the rare side of things, but uh, serotonin syndrome, uh, obviously particularly in patients that are, are taking other serotonergic drugs. I'll talk a little bit more about that in, in drug interactions, of course. Um, but also as we escalate the doses... Um, and we've seen dextromethorphan become a potential drug of abuse, uh, particularly in you know teenagers and, and young adults. Uh, you may have heard it ca called robo-tripping, uh, dexing, robo-dosing. Robo-tripping is the one that I've historically heard the most. Uh, basically, uh, teenagers, young adults intentionally taking uh, higher dosages of dextromethorphan and from a chemical structure standpoint it's got some similarities to uh, ketamine and PCP which can promote euphoria, hallucinations, uh, kind of an it's reported as an out-of-body sensation and so this is a potential issue uh, with having dextromethorphan over the counter, uh, we certainly can have um, inappropriate use of this medication. So uh, very, very important to be aware of that. Obviously, if you're in a pharmacy and you're seeing you know, younger patients buying larger quantities or something that's uh, inappropriate and or not consistent with common you know, cough and cold season type stuff, um, that's definitely something something we should should be aware of and, and try to prevent that issue for sure. Uh, the problem with those higher dosages, uh, obviously it's done to potentially get a euphoric type effect, uh, but as we escalate dosages, um, we can have some uh, cardiovascular consequences for sure. Uh, basically some noradrenergic uh, action so elevations in blood pressure and elevations in pulse uh, can happen as we run into patients uh, with an, an overdose uh, type situation. All right, um, moving on, I, I wanted to briefly touch on since this is an over counter over the counter medication, 
I wanted to touch on uh, over-the-counter use and basically trying to identify patients that you know may be at risk for something else serious going on. So first and foremost, as a pharmacist, if I see a patient coming in frequently or you know over the period of two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, multiple weeks, and getting cough medicine, I'm definitely thinking about medication-related causes. And obviously, the most common cause of uh, cough is going to be the ACE inhibitors. The most common medication-related uh, cause of cough is going to be the ACE inhibitors, so lisinopril and and drugs like that. So whenever I see somebody, you know, taking a significant amount of cough medicine, uh, that is definitely one of the first things that I look at in their medication list and and or ask them about. Now, as we you know maybe rule that out, we don't think it's medication related, that type of thing. Um, some of the kind of concerning signs and symptoms where, you know, we've got to get somebody assessed, you know, go see your primary care provider, see if there's something else medically going on. Um, so the length of that cough. So, you know, if you've got patients seven to 10 days plus with a cough um, and, you know, really no signs of improvement at all, uh, that's that's definitely somebody that's like okay let's let's figure out what's going on there might be something else uh, going on here uh, fever uh, headache weakness certainly any kind of you know phlegm with blood in it anything like that um, those are all really good situations where they need to be referred and there's likely um, something more serious going on and really all the cough suppressant is doing is you know, helping them feel better symptomatically while something maybe could be getting worse, uh, that they may have some underlying medical condition. So definitely pay attention to those symptoms. And if you get people asking about cough medicine, that type of thing, um, you know, and you're working, let's say in a pharmacy or in a clinic, um, definitely don't, don't hesitate to approach them and, uh, ask them a few questions. How long has it been going on? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Um, fever, headache, any type of systemic symptoms uh, that may be an issue as well there. So definitely pay attention to that. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study materials like BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCMTMS, or the NAPLEX, Go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got a great list of resources there uh, to help you prepare for your exam. Uh, in addition, if you're another healthcare professional, uh, check out a recent book, Pharmacology Crossword Puzzles. You can find that on Amazon by Eric Christensen. Uh, also, the Flippin' Pharmacology Flashcards Great new resource available uh, for those going through pharmacology classes and or those who may just need a little bit of a refresher there. All right, so let's wrap up with drug interactions. So um, first and foremost, uh, serotonin syndrome risk. So particularly patients on SSRIs, uh, MAOIs are technically contraindicated with the use of dextromethorphan. Uh, other drugs with uh, serotonergic activities, uh, TCAs, SNRIs, uh, tramadol. So we've got to think about that serotonin syndrome risk. Uh, another thing to think about, CYP2D6. So 
dextromethorphan is metabolized by this enzyme. So CYP2D6 inhibitors, uh, kind of classic double whammy. So paroxetine is an SSRI, so it could increase that serotonin risk, uh, but it also um, could inhibit CYP2D6 and raise concentrations of dextromethorphan. So really, really important to pay attention to that as well. Uh, dextromethorphan does has, have some NMDA receptor antagonist activity, so we could have some additive effects with memantine. So that's brand name uh, is Namenda there. It's a dementia medication. And then I also think of some of uh, the potential additive toxicity effects when we're using dextromethorphan with other agents. So let's say you're using a cough and cold preparation and there's acetaminophen in that. Well, one, I think of, are they using the dextromethorphan appropriately or are they overdosing? Because that could lead to acetaminophen toxicity. Um, another situation, another drug that's sometimes within these cough and cold preps uh, are anticholinergic medications. Uh, chlorpheniramine is kind of a common one there. Uh, so dry eyes, dry mouth, all that sort of stuff that could add on to patients taking TCAs, for example, uh, tricyclic antidepressant, or you know maybe they're taking a diphenhydramine for sleep in addition to their cough and cold preparation. Uh, Going to lead to severe dry mouth, uh, dry eyes, constipation, potentially confusion, fall risk in our elderly folks especially. Uh, so that's really, really important. Uh, and then lastly, with those cough and cold preps, uh, I do think about pseudoephedrine or any type of systemic decongestant that can potentially raise blood pressure and you know certainly interact with blood pressure medications and things of that nature. So uh, went a little bit deeper into, into drug interactions there just because I see dextromethorphan used so often in combination with a lot of these other uh, drugs and drug classes uh, that can have some issues uh, with interactions. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found some benefit uh, from this episode today. If you did, please leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening uh, or support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. So your purchases there go directly to uh, support this podcast. Uh, help keep it free for all individuals to uh, benefit from. So uh, we certainly appreciate uh, the financial support there as well. With that said, if you want to reach out to me, Eric Christensen, you can do that at mededucation101 at gmail.com or you can find me on LinkedIn as well, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. And with that, I'm going to sign off and I hope you have a great rest of your day.